Ghetto Blaster Magazine's Best Song Ever podcast. My name is Brian LeBen, and alongside me, as always, is my dear, dear cousin, Luke LeBen. How you doing today, Luke? I am good, ready to do this podcast. Ah, beautiful. Jean Valjean. Yep. Nope. Actually, it's... Uh, Javert. Eponine. <laughs> Singing on my own about... What's his fucking face? The guy she's in love oh, with. That guy. I don't know why I can't remember his name right now. Um, but yes, I Pierre. just nope. It's like Mar- Marcius or something like that. Um, Marcius, played by the incomparable Eddie Redmayne in the film. Um, mm. But I saw Les Mis uh, this weekend, and that's why I'm singing that because I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um, it was it was beautiful. We were up in the balcony, so we were very far away. But it was really cool just the way they used the sets and the screen to, like, create depth. Like, when, mm. spoilers, when Javert kills himself, it was really cool. Did you remember that that happens? Because I totally forgot uh, that that even happened. Yes, I do. That, um, that I mean, it's weird that you would forget a suicide I scene. Know. <laughs> but, uh, Maybe it's because I cared so little about his character in both the movie and the play. I'm like he does not need two solo songs. Oh, disagree. Javert was Javert is awesome. Yeah, he's. I don't empathize with him at all. He's like, I want to lock people up for stealing bread. I mean, I don't. Fuck you, dude. Yeah, he's a good villain though. Yeah, he he is. And you need a good villain solo. And the guy who played him, don't get me wrong, amazing. And the guy who played Jean Valjean was great. The one, the part that really got me was when, again, spoilers, Eponine died because I didn't really mm. remember that, and that song was just beautiful. You didn't remember much. I about did not this. remember. I seen the movie once, and ah. like, so that's the new movie, not the old one. But um, so these Broadway singers are just mm. redonk with how long they can hold a note. Like I was like, no, it, it has to stop now, and they hold it for like another thirty seconds. I'm like, oh my god, Whoa. it's inhuman. Did you cry? Um. I surprisingly did like you huh. know I'm water, Mr. Waterworks over Mr. here. Mr. Waterboy. The only part that got got the waterworks going was uh Eponine's death and yeah. then uh Jean Valjean in the end. I I teared up a little for that yeah. part too. I uh I saw so Les Misérables is the first musical I ever saw like a live performance of and I saw it back oh, right. in college when I was a sophomore and like you know, because we grew up in the same family. Our family was pretty into musicals. So I I grew up with musicals and stuff, but I was still in that kind of, you know, I was just past being a high school boy. So I, I wasn't like, oh, yeah, I want to go see a musical. Yeah. But I saw that performance. It blew me away. And, um, yeah, that, that musical is just incredible. Incredible story. They did a pretty decent job with the movie. I feel like I, I, I yeah, think I thought it was great. I think it's pretty good, but nothing beats seeing yeah, that like live performance. Incredible. I was going to say when Javert killed himself, they did a really cool thing with the screen where all it was right. like he was standing still on this bridge, but the screen and the all moved so it looked like he was falling down. It was just <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing him his arms flapping and going Whoa! <laughs> Okay, without Whoa! without the goofy sound effects, that's exactly what he was like, oh <laughs> That's kind of weird. But no, it was really cool. And then like when uh, Jean Valjean's dragging whatever his name is through the tunnel, they did a cool like depth thing with that. Huh. And like, yeah, it was creative. And I feel like that was probably a new addition, kind of the whole screen background. That's super cool. So anyway, you said you had something you wanted to talk about as well. 
Yeah, and it kind of goes along with seeing live performances because it's about the Pitchfork Music Festival lineup was announced today. Did oh. you see it at I all? I did not. Um, I gotta say, I was pretty underwhelmed. And normally, so normally I'll see the lineup and I'll be like, man, I wish I didn't hate going to music festivals. So I, so I would go to this Yeah, because I don't really like right. going to music festivals. But this time Valid. I was like, these are the headliners that they got? Pitchfork, I feel like they usually get kind of obscure people or just not who you would expect. You know, I feel like I've felt that way about their festival a lot of times, but then sometimes they just nail it but did you see the mopop lineup and i was gonna i'm gonna talk about mopop briefly later but did you see that lineup who who are the headliners no i have not tell, oh, tell me that you're number one boney bear is number one uh-huh. but number two the national oh, okay portugal the man uh you got always brock hampton jeff rosenstock so mm. it's gonna be pretty sweet i saw these headliners for the pitchfork music festival for each day yeah um and i was like these seem just uh, more uninteresting than normal. I feel like the headliners at Pitchfork have always been like, whoa, you mm-hmm. know? I did a little research and looked back for the last uh, like five years just to see some of the headliners they've had, right? Last year was LCD Sound System, A Tribe Called Quest, and Solange. Whoa. Insane. Um, back in... 2015 was Wilco, Slater Kinney, and Chance the Rapper. Okay. Um, and then the just the year before that, 2014, Beck, Neutral Milk Hotel, and Kendrick Lamar. Shut your face. Right? So this year, they have Tame Impala, mm. Fleet Foxes. That's good. It's not like not really anymore. Like if maybe if it was like I liked their last album. It was I know, different, but, but for a headline, we're talking yeah, headline. Right. Like look at the other names of artists. This is headliners for Pitchfork who's, Music Festival. Who's third? Third is actually pretty pretty cool. Lauren Hill, and she's gonna oh, nice. perform Miseducation of Lauren Hill. So that's cool. But two thirds are just kind of like, eh. Like who's the first one again? Tame Impala. Yeah. See, they um, I. I loved their album Lonerism so much. And then I saw them at Bonnaroo and they were amazing. But then kind of went downhill for me after that. So. I, f- I felt like they've put out like three really good songs. Really? <laughs> and like, and, and they're headlining this festival. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, yeah. Pitchfork do better. What so What's wrong take with you? Shots at Pitchfork. You yeah. know, you know how that worked for me last episode when I took shots at Ted Nugent oh, got cat scratch fever. Uh-oh. So you're going to like leave here and uh, pass by some farmer and he's just going to like stab you with the pitchfork. So or they're going to like Beauty and the Beast me and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> like storm or Frankenstein you. Yeah. St- storm my house. Village mob. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's all I wanted to talk about. Yeah. You just wanted to bring some criticism and negativity to the episode. No, no I just I'm wanted just to be like man this music festival is really underwhelming. The rest of the lineup like I was looking through and the rest of the lineup no there like Sunday is when Lauren Hill is and that's the only day I was like oh this would be yeah. cool to go. The rest of it there's a couple artists but overall I'm like nah. Don't bother. Come to Mopop Fest in Detroit anyway. Yeah. It's right here and it's pretty amazing lineup. I feel like the lineup for that gets better every year. The National? Come on. All right. Well, we're going to get started here, folks. Sorry, we've been 
clamoring on over here. Is that a word? Uh, <laughs> clamoring. Clambering. Clambering? Clambering? No, clamor. Oh, okay. We've been clamoring on, but if you haven't listened to the show before, we both pick four songs in secret and then debut them for each other, so you're going to hear our genuine reactions, and you might hear me give my stamp of approval, which is Lordy Lordy Barry Gordy, or hear Brian say his, which is Papa Likey. So let's get into it. So, Brian, you told me I better have some good rock songs, and I said I, I do. Yeah. I kind of switched my lineup around a little little bit, so I've got a real hard rocking melodic punk song to start us off with, but then nice. I'm going to chill us out after right, with my right. lineup. So, right. And by no means are these slow songs going to bore you. They will excite and entice you. <laughs> they better, man. Uh, I do not want to be bored. You know what happens when I get bored. I get scared. Scored, which is how I say scared. Yeah. Because you're just a monster. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with this hard rock and jam, and then we'll cool out after that. This comes from the Oslo band Spielbergs, and they're they're very new, so you probably haven't heard of them yet. I haven't. So when I saw this in my inbox, I've been reading Ready Player One and excited for the movie, so I was like, Spielberg, uh, yes, please. But then... <laughs> It said, for fans of Titus Andronicus, oh. Japan Droids, and Super Chunk. And I was like, Triple yes, shut please. the front door. Um, so I started listening to it and just like 30 seconds in reached out and said, you had me at for fans of Titus Andronicus. Did you say that? I literally said that <laughs> nice. in the email. And so uh, this this song is called We Are All Going to Die and uh that's true yeah it is and so it's kind of this punk rage directed at this crazy world we're living in but also a sort of rallying cry for unity so let's take a listen to spielberg's with we are all going to die
I mean, there's no way I'm not going to give that a pop likey. Am I right? I'm glad you gave it a pop likey and you slipped a Norway joke in there. That's that's great. Not bad, huh? Not bad. Uh oh man, so so much super chunk going on there in a yeah, in a cool for way. Sure. But I see I was like, huh, I, I don't know where the Titus comes in necessarily until the end and then with like that just the epic open explosiveness yeah. uh where it just goes all over the place. Um yeah, I really liked that song a lot. It rocked well. It rocked well. <laughs> oh gosh. Man, proper grammar with with uh talking about a song rocking I does not it. go together I that well. I loved it. Okay, good. It rocked. It rocked merrily. Consider me well rocked. <laughs> that's I, that's what I said. I shall consider you well rocked indeed. Um yeah, it's uh it's a phenomenal song. I Cannot listen to it without doing some serious air drumming. I'm doing some right now. Oh, so I, the voice sounded weird. Your, yeah, except under your hands table. were under the table, and yeah, I was like, "You were like, what are you? What's your, de- what's your definition of air drumming?" <laughs> um, that's uh Christian Lovhaug. I'm sure I'm butchering that. He has like the cool O with the slash that looks like the Ghostbusters symbol without the ghost in it. Nice. But Mr. Octopus arms over there doing some ridiculous drumming. I yeah. love it. And that's key for that type of like Japan droids type, you know, bright melodic punk. Um, but the whole band just they're brand new boys and they uh, really nailed it. And their sound is awesome. So that was Spielberg's with We Are All Going to Die from their debut EP distant star out april 27th on by the time it gets dark by the way that title we are all going to die always it makes me think of the sufyan song fourth of july where he says we're all gonna die because my friend uh i had extra tickets for a sufyan show when uh it was the carrie and lull tour and she always likes to bring up that i was like hey come on see sufyan it'll be a fun time and then he (laughs) like half already singing we're all gonna die and repeat and i'm like you try and tell me that wasn't the best fucking show you've ever seen because i will not believe you because it was amazing yeah you tell her yeah all right so you and i have talked before about not not on the podcast just in real life which we do talk in real life yeah uh for the there are people out there who think we don't but we do we talk all the time (laughs) yeah um and we so we talked about how we both have felt in our lives like we were the star of the Truman Show, and that um, dude, like often, you know, am I right? Yeah. Oh, that's what I meant by dude. Like at least every six months, <laughs> you're kind of like, is everyone an actor? Just yeah, being nice to me. Um, and you know we've talked about the Bader Meinhof thing where it's like you talk about something and then like something else in the world reminds you of it every time I'm like they, they messed up that's continuity error <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> the show they're getting sloppy they're getting sloppy um but some sometimes I feel like um I will will things into existence because you know I'll just want something so bad and like express it and then it'll happen you manifest it yeah yeah and um that's what happened with this uh first song of mine that I'm gonna play um a couple weekends ago you put it on your vision board I put it on my vision board and I was listening to uh camera obscura 
the the band Camera Obscura all weekend. Just I I love them so much. They're one of my favorite bands. Um, and over the past couple years, and I was just listening over and over again, and just was talking with uh with my wife Amy about how Tracy Ann Campbell needs to do more music. Like she, they haven't released anything in a, in a few years, and um, she just has my favorite voice maybe in music and she's such a great songwriter and so i was like something needs to happen the monday after the weekend um tracy ann campbell announces a new music project and so excited about this um so tracy ann campbell is of course the singer from camera obscura and um she has joined with danny coughlin of the band Crybaby to form Tracy Ann and Danny. They kind of knew each other back when Tracy Ann was in Camera Obscura. She heard his Crybaby album and really, really liked it. And she invited him to open up for some of Camera Obscura's shows. They got to know each other. They traded song ideas back and forth, got a you know mutual res- artistic respect for each other, and always talked about doing something, but she was caught up with camera obscura obviously Mm -hmm. and then in 2015 the keyboardist of camera obscura carrie lander passed away and all camera obscura music stopped they didn't perform anymore and um time passed and tracy ann kind of uh got the itch to do something musical again but didn't necessarily want to resurrect camera obscura quite yet Mm mm-hmm so she revisited this connection she had with Danny, and they traded some ideas back and forth and went into the studio together and have uh, recorded a full-length album together. They described the new songs as melodic, musical, and murdery. Hmm. Uh, you I don't, would hope they would be musical songs. <laughs> those are my favorite kinds of yeah. songs. Um, and uh, they're, this first uh, single is not so murdery. I, I wonder what they mean by murdery. Uh, I'm curious to see. This came out a couple weeks ago, and it took me a while to get used to this because it is kind of a new sound. It's similar to Camera Obscura, but there's only you know two of them, so it's kind of like a bare-bones version of Camera Obscura, and I was like, I want Camera Obscura, but over time this has really dug its way into into my heart and i really really enjoy it um you'll find a lot if you uh enjoy camera obscura to like about this song all right so let's listen to this song this is tracy ann and danny with home and dry i was walking through the rubble of a saturday night on the edges of a pitiful aimless fight thinking of our own how make it I'm missing how we used to be when all we had to think about was you and me. Every time I think about leaving, I break down, I cry. Cry, cry, cry. Juice is flowing under my mind Suddenly it's 
was you and me Before we bit the bullet and got company You know we could at least but try <sighs> That was lovely. Yeah. I had my eyes closed just swaying back and forth. Loved the uh, 50s ballad vibe there with enough connection to the old band. You know, you uh, you can hear the traces of Camera Obscura. Actually, my, uh, I've told you this before. I don't know if you remember. My experience with them was weird because I there was three bands that Pitchfork raved about that I, uh, back in the day, that I got mixed up. And it was Dirty Projectors, Camera Obscura, and Bat for Lashes. And they could oh, not man. be more different <laughs> bands. Right. Um, Camera Obscura might be my favorite of the three. And, um, yeah, I was sad to hear that a member of their band had passed. And when I saw this, I was like, hands off. Brian's going to go for that. I know they're like one of your favorite bands. That's so right. I was like, I, I'm going to wait to listen to it. And it was it was beautiful. Good boy. Yeah, it it is a beautiful song. And um, it is pretty minimal. I, I love the orchestration that is in there. That kind of feels um, very camera obscura e and uh just again her voice that there's not a not a better voice in the music business as far as i'm concerned i'll tell you that yeah so that was tracy ann and danny with home and dry from their self-titled debut album out may 25th on merge records all right my next song comes from a guy who i thought he was from detroit but i think he just spent time in detroit while recording this is king tough the musical uh. project of Kyle Thomas. And I saw this band at Mopop Festival. This is why I'm going to talk about Mopop again, um, like I said earlier. And uh, that's here in Detroit. And I saw them a couple years ago. And I had heard of them, but not uh, listened or seen them live. And it was an amazing show. And after that, I was a huge fan of theirs. And uh, during the show, Kyle Thomas talked about how the lot where the festival takes place, like when he had been here years ago, it was, you know, kind of neglected and uh, kind of shitty. And so he was just saying how it's crazy to see how the city changed. I think he'd be amazed to see how the festival has just grown in the mm. past couple of years because that alone has changed a lot. But they're not on the lineup this year, sadly, maybe next year. But um. Kyle Thomas has a new King Tough album coming out this April called The Other. And uh, have you heard any of the songs from it yet? Uh, I ha- I listened to one or two of them, but I don't remember which ones or what I thought of them. Cool. <laughs> Pretty interesting. <laughs> um, so you're basically going in somewhat cold. But yeah. um, this album came out of like a time of uncertainty for him. He's you know, been making music for years and toured a lot over the past few years. And he described the feeling like this. He said, I didn't even know what I wanted to do anymore, but I still had this urge, this feeling like there was this possibility of something else I could be doing. And then I just followed that possibility. To me, that's what songwriting and art in general is about. You're chasing something. There's something out there calling to you and you're trying to get at it. The other, which is the name of the album is basically where songs come from. It's the hidden world. It's the mystery. It's the invisible hand that guides you whenever you make something. It's the thing I had to rediscover, the sort of voice I had to follow to bring me back to making music again in a way that felt true and good. So 
pretty pretty amazing and an interesting journey he went on to uh get to uh making the music he wanted to and so this is like the album he kind of always wanted to make we're gonna listen to that titular song the other and this is the opening track from the album so let's join king tough on his search for the other Looking wicked good 
interesting journey through um kind of like just this anxiety and depression riddled landscape um and it it was interesting and i i liked it lyrically but it was also like off-putting um as well it was pretty bleak feeling just throughout like it felt like the book The Road by Cormac McCarthy, which is just so, like, desolate and um, hopeless at times. But then at the end, I guess there, you know, there is some hope there. But still, it was just like, I don't know, it was, it, I, I identified with lyrics, but it also just made me kind of feel uh, a sadness as well. Um. Well, and it's kind of his journey of rediscovering, you know, that that force inside that he pulls from creatively, you know, the other, and um, yeah, just kind of th- this image of him being in traffic, and then he pulls off, and then he like abandons his car and goes into. Right. And I'm wondering if, because uh, he talks about the Lake of Fire, and he lives in L.A., I believe. So I wonder if that was like one of those forest fires that happened recently. If he like witnessed some of that, but um. But just then he gets back to that and then um, like just one of those weird like, yeah, kind of tough, but 
pr- like purifying experiences and like he kind of comes out the other end with a sort of clarity when he says i thought it was the end but then i thought again and took the hand of the other so kind of chronicling his uh his journey back to that point and uh a lot of the other i was considering playing psycho star um and the other one raindrop blue um those are the other singles he's released and they're very upbeat maybe a little closer to what you're used to from him um higher energy and uh kind of but you can hear on all of them he's kind of expanding compositionally like that Mm. i feel like was the biggest departure you know that i feel like i've heard from him but uh but i just love this one because it gets to the spirit of what the album really is and gonna warn you this is not going to be the last time i mentioned prince on this episode oh but Um, but when he's talking about like the bell in the beginning, he says like he, this distant, this like calling of him, like pulling at him and this urge to create and he can't stop this feeling he's got to quote Prince. (laughs) Um, Uh and, uh, yeah. And I just love that concept of the other being just this kind of like mysterious place that, um, you, you get creativity and just like fulfillment out of like, I love the line when he says, uh, science can heal sickness, but what can heal my soul? Yeah, that was That's one of my can, yeah one of my favorite lines for sure. Um, yeah, the the other line I liked it actually made me laugh out loud. I don't know if you heard me during that. Was it uh, Blue Subaru? Yeah. Yes, love that line. I love how slow he draws that out. So like you think the car's name is like Blue Sue? Yeah, that's what Baru. I thought too. It was that was pretty genius. And he actually. does he does have some humor in his songs and the other and in the videos. If you watch the uh, Psycho Star videos, kind of like Hitchcock inspired, and so there's a lot of humor in that too. You talked about it being bleak, and I watched the video for it, and it's just this this like one long shot of, I believe it's him and someone else like running up this hill, and it's all just like backlit silhouettes with the sun setting, and so that's mm-hmm. like the I don't know that's just the tone and like the color of the song that I see, so it is kind of bleak, but with like that the light spilling over the horizon too, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I think this is his best album and uh, I'm excited for this to be out in the world because it's really, uh, really amazing. And he's growing as an artist and, you know, sometimes it's a tough road to get there, but like the road by Cormac McCarthy. Yeah. It's a, it is definitely a King tough road. Yeah, it is. (laughs) But he's come out the other side and uh, he's, he's doing all right. So that was King tough with the other, from the album of the same name the other out april 13th on sub pop well you know the old saying what's better than one sub popper two two sub poppers of course (laughs) that's a clunky saying not so not roll off the tongue let's move from one to another let's do it let's pop over to it and you know i feel like there are few bands that are pretty much synonymous with the genre that they operate in and this is one of the few bands this is beach house and they are completely synonymous with dream pop i mean they really have honed it over the last 12 years that they've been releasing albums and um they are the gold standards they are the gold standards of of uh dream pop they released their debut album 
in 2006 and have put out six full lengths since then. Uh, they also released a B-Sides and Rarities, which you played I a song played a from. I a song from it. And uh, that was last year. And they kind of viewed that as cleaning out the closet to pave the way for new mm-hmm. creations. Like and M&M, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They were definitely cleaning out. They... they did this at their mother's house and they kept on and saying... And they never meant to hurt her? No, they're like, I'm sorry, mama. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but now their closet's clean. They're out of their mother's house. And they are doing things a little differently for their seventh album. They've kind of freed themselves from some of the restrictions they placed on themselves in their previous six albums. And they wanted this... Um, seventh album of theirs to be all about rebirth and rejuvenation uh and the album is aptly named seven and i feel like this is so this is the second single to be released from it and i feel a renewed sense of energy from them um kind of a tweak on their sound and uh i'm very very interested to hear the rest of this album based off of the first single which was lemon glow and the one I'm going to play, which is called Dive. Um, so th- I said they're they're doing things differently. Um, they, they had previously written songs around what they felt they could perform live, and they didn't want to do that this time around or be constrained by that. They just wanted to kind of create the songs that they were feeling in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, instead of cramming everything into this short period of studio time, um, they... Re- recorded whenever they were inspired with batches of songs and went in to like five mini sessions over 11 months as opposed to just you know kind of booking the studio once they had the whole album written so they took their time with it and recorded as they were inspired so with all that said let's listen to this renewed rejuvenated sound of beach house with the song dive
Lordy, Lordy, Barry, Gordy. Yeah. I adore Beach House. And uh, when you told me that this is kind of rejuvenated, I'm listening to that first part and I'm like, this seems like business as usual. That uh, that organ or keyboard part really reminds me of Sparks because uh, mm-hmm. I love the organ part on that. And then I'm like, just waiting for it. When's it going to come? And then kicked in. I liked how her vocals were still just as dreamy as always even though the music behind them is kind of changing, becoming a little more immediate. Uh, but yeah, I loved it. It's great. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I really enjoyed, like, there was a, this kind of dissonance and ominous feeling at the beginning. Which they do a lot. They yeah. do. And I, I appreciated how, um, like, the, the synth and the voice at certain times would collide with each other and just kind of create this interesting ominous feeling um and and then it's you know almost like two songs as it transitions into that driving propulsive beat and uh some pretty cool new new ordery guitars happening yeah. at the end as well um and yeah it's just a it's a great sound um they they just i don't know i, I feel it i feel the energy beach house i yeah. do i i i'm i'm enjoying it uh if you liked this song go check out lemon glow which is also wonderful it's, they um they're kind of like uh king tough after he comes out of the uh the lake there and gets his car back that rejuvenated yeah purified back baby their beach house is back baby so that was beach house with dive from seven which is out may 11th on Zabop. so uh <laughs> That was a great sub pop. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I was not thinking it was going to be that good, but man, that was the, awesome. The look of shock and delight on both our faces. We were so happy. <laughs> um, and speaking of me being very happy, uh, since you, you, the listeners, you'll never even know because I'm an editing whiz, but <laughs> during the last segment, um, I made Brian lose his train of thought because when he said the name of the song was Dive, a big old Cheshire grin slid across my face because um, I literally wrote Dive, the word Dive, into this next song. And I did not switch my order at all. You can't write this stuff, folks. I did not switch it up. It just theme-wise is going very good. But um, So my next song, this is another slow burner. I like this chill vibe we got going on. Um, and this comes from Brooklyn singer and multi-instrumentalist Harrison Lipton. Uh, he's a he's a newcomer, but he has a lot of really interesting musical connections. Sean Lennon is a family friend, um, hmm. and he's given him some musical encouragement over the years. And uh, he was a singer in a gospel choir in Connecticut. And in high school, he was in a band with Pale Hounds, Ellen Kemper. Ooh, yeah, nice. And, I like uh, I like that connection. Yeah, is he related to the Lipton Tea family? I'm not sure. Maybe he's got that uh, iced tea inheritance. Can coming in. we score some Lipton Tea out of I'll, this? I'll see what I can do. All right, cool. But um, his debut album, Loveliness, is out May 18th, and he actually just played South by Southwest this week. And uh, this is the aforementioned transition. Let's dive into this first single released from the album. Here's Harrison Lipton with Pool. (laughs) 
summer days when you're not away it's like i wanted to hold on tight so when you go away i keep haunting you i just wanna stay with you by the ocean you get into a rhythm you mess up my Let me get this straight. This guy is going into someone's pool while they're not home and he knows it and he's sneaking in there and jumping in the pool. Is that right? Yep. You're going to feel silly when I tell you how, wait, what the actual meaning is. No, I got to say this as a soon to be owner of a hot tub. This is very disturbing to me as a song uh meaning this is the only meaning that there is to the song and i just don't know who would do that who would do something like that so the actual meaning is actually very painful and beautiful oh Um, what have i done (laughs) so uh he premiered this song on npr and described uh 
the inspiration he said two of my closest friends were trapped in connecticut with me that summer and by august our friendships had become a love triangle i wrote this song as i watched my friendship with both of them crumble pool attempts to capture the love i had for both friends different types of love but love nevertheless and this song is kind of describing um uh, like one night affair he had with one of these friends before mm. it all kind of uh, fell apart. So, yeah, it's it's really brutal. I just liked the. I just thought it sounded nice at first, and then when I found out this meaning, I was like, that just adds to the whole feeling of the song too, and how it's all. I just love how it's so spacious and subtle. Like he'll just let it one note ring out for a long time, and it feels just very, very personal and kind of painful, but also. Like we've been talking about with a lot of the episode, just this kind of beautiful clarity. Mm. Oh, and they all involve water. I mean, obviously that's a very purifying thing, but with King Tough, Beach House, and this one, uh, yeah, just that that cleansing metaphor, you know. Uh, You know, this makes more sense because I was wondering why he was so sad. Because, like, this song is, like, dripping You're like he gets to play in a fun pool right why, why would sad? he be so sad but like this song is just dripping with sadness yeah um and there's so much emotion in it and without knowing the meaning it felt strange because he it was yeah, essentially like, the same the... line repeated over mm-hmm. and over again and i'm like this is kind of weird but now understanding the context um very uh very beautiful song I liked the sparseness of it and um, the I like now how abstract it is uh, yeah. with, with that theme. Um, also, you know, it's interesting. Another Brooklyn band, Porches, has an album and song called mm-hmm. Pool. Very different. Um, but mm-hmm. but I can see some crossover. I love For just sure. this sort of bedroom pop R&B type hazy stuff. I also really enjoy that that really heavily filtered vocal that feels very far away that he layers in there. Did you catch that in mm-hmm. the beginning? And then like, as he's singing, it just really adds to that floaty atmosphere a lot. So that was Harrison Lipton with pool from loveliness out May 18th on yellow. K. You, uh, you ready for a nice bamboo groove? Yes. Right. Doesn't that sound nice? Yeah. So that's the, uh, title of this song translated to english it's bamboo nice. groove and uh it's very appropriate um this comes from a synth pop singer songwriter named maria uzbek uh she grew up in ecuador and ha- was always kind of attracted to american culture and moved to new york when she was 17 and then she spent five years fronting the new wave band celebrities spelled with the s and um you know she enjoyed that band but over this period of time as she was thinking speaking and writing in english she became homesick for uh, what she calls her mother tongue mm. and uh decided to go solo and write an album in spanish and in 2016 she released her solo debut album and since that time, she opened for someone that we played on the podcast, Caitlin Aurelia Smith, oh, nice. who's a sweet, you know, electronic producer uh, on a nationwide tour. And she's continued to work on new music. 
this is the first song I've ever heard from her or or celebrities, and it's the first taste of that new music that she has been making since her debut album came out. I like uh, the percussiveness of it and just how bright and interesting it is. So let's get grooving, man. Yeah. This is Maria Uzbek with Basque de Bamboo. dug that a lot i loved whatever the um vibes or uh the marimba going on in there oh yeah a little xylophone type thing um yeah gave it a nice uh nice uh earthy like jungly feel which i dug which gave it a uh, an interesting element because i liked the song other other than that but that just uh tacked on a nice little uh little extra thing that set it apart yeah i heard this song and i just immediately was into just how breezy and and wonderfully poppy it is and just the bamboo groove it had going on and before the episode i had searched like translator to see what the title meant and it said 
it came up with bamboo groove and then i i don't know for some reason i was like wouldn't it be funny if i got that totally wrong during while we were listening to the song so i pulled up just the first word um again and, and realized that originally i had translated it from portuguese as opposed to spanish so it really means in spanish uh forest of bamboo which means now I can say I coined the term That's you. for music bamboo groove. It's got a nice bamboo groove. It does to have it. a great bamboo groove. Um I know they do speak Portuguese in certain parts of South America, but that's probably not what she's doing because he said she specifically wanted to write it in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. I no, I just uh, you know, us Americans, we don't really know other languages. A derp. Uh, yeah. That's us. I did a derp. You did a total derp. Maria, so Back to the song. Maria had this to say about it. Um, it's a, a song that should be played anytime you feel that you are breaking the norm. It's a song about no limits, a love with no boundaries, feeling free of society's restrictions and embracing the moment, getting lost in it. Love who yeah. you want to love. That's what she says. That's uh, You totally get that from I it. co-sign that too. Yeah, Mar- I, I, I love the meaning of it. I love the song. It's a lot of fun. It makes me want to dance around like Rusted Root in the Send Me On My Way video when there's on top of a mountain just jubilantly hopping around. That's that sounds what it makes fun. makes me want to do. I, I would like to jubilantly hop. All right. <laughs> Let's hit the Grand Canyon after this. We'll, we'll hop around and listen to that song. Sounds great. So that was Maria Uzbek with Basque de Bamboo, which is out now on Cassine and Labrador. All right. Well, my last song comes from L.A.-based Electric Soul Prodigy. No M B. Um that's spelled N O capital M B E, which is a uh, variation of his real name, Noah Macbeth. I saved this for last, so it, it wouldn't ruin the show when I said Macbeth, because you know, that's bad luck. Um in the theater. We still have like another song to play after yeah, this but that, and more stuff but it's to yours talk about. it's like your song so i'm like okay with it if it gets ruined because you know it probably wasn't gonna be that great anyway but um, good thing i don't believe in these kinds of things also it's spelled m-c-b-e-t-h as a, as opposed to m-a-c so it's not the That's same not spelling. the same thing it's still i don't i don't know if the theater, learn your words i don't know if the scottish theater gods can tell the difference um oh boy now you've offended them because <laughs> they totally can tell the difference yeah what a scottish theater gods wait that turned oh into my us, gosh I was that trying. did not turn into that <laughs> started no it's it was supposed to be sean connery <laughs> it just turned into Crocodile Dundee. No, it was, yeah, yeah, it was totally Crocodile, crocodile Connery. I mean, let's get him in the Outback, baby. Okay. I'd like to get him anywhere. <laughs> okay. I mean, come on. I mean. Have you heard him talk yeah. before? Hashtag best bond. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's get back from this diversion. I'm talking about No MB and uh, his debut album, They Might Have Even Loved Me, comes out March 23rd. And it's inspired by and dedicated to all the powerful women who have shaped his life, including exes to high school crushes, true loves, his mother, and his godmother, soul legend, Shaka Khan. That's pretty awesome that she wow. is his godmother. So he's probably gotten some uh, some musical energy passed from her with having her in his life. Obviously, I think this is a good cultural moment to be making an album honoring honoring women 
Let's take a listen to Know and Be with Wait. I won't wait this time. No, not now, not again, not much longer. Every way works my mind all night. It's so hot not to ponder. Let's make it last forever, cause the night's day It's true, I feel the pressure every time you're gone. As long as we're together. organic yep. and electronic instrumentation good <laughs> much better connery uh, than me uh that wasn't my best um did i say connery dundee or crocodile connery because i kind of like crocodile connery better 
I don't. I think I said it the other way. I think you did. Crocodile Connery <laughs> okay. is pretty great. Yeah, right. Um, Let's not monopolize any more of Noam B's <laughs> segment right. with Connery talk, though. Okay, I was gonna go a little further, but that's <laughs> let's all right. call it there. All right, we'll call it there. Um, no, that song was super cool. Um, as I said, channeling Sean Connery. Uh, the blending of the organic and electronic instrumentation was great. Um, the way that like there there was super cool electric guitar floating in mm-hmm. and out, and then drums coming in and going out with pulsing. It was it was all over the place and fun, and I uh, thoroughly enjoyed myself while I listened to that song. Yeah, and like I was saying about your last song, how at its core it's kind of like a catchy electronic pop song but then he adds in those cool elements on top of it there's Mm -hmm. that cool like key sound uh early on and then those funky guitars and yeah i love that drum switch up too and there's kind of like a drop yeah there is which you know obviously like i'm saying like an element from electronic pop where it kind of built up but then it's still very relaxed and kind of subtle uh the rest of the song but i was like that's interesting how it builds up there kind of and then Mm doesn't go crazy after the drop but still picks up a little bit there's a long list of artists that he's been compared to from mgmt to Jimi hendrix but my favorite was obviously i said i'd bring him up again prince which i don't really hear it so much on that song the song freak like me i get some major uh prince vibes but the Mm. album art is really cool i can't think of what album it specifically reminds me of some 80s or 90s album and it's cool because it's like a bunch of different women uh, all embracing each other and him. And he's kind of like in the middle. It's this weird kind of spiral of human bodies. And then the text also spirals in the top corner there, too. Mm. Um, so that was No MB with Wait from They Might Have Even Loved Me out March 23rd on Third Brain. All right. So here it is. The last song of the episode. I'm going to go out on a a great song from a new uh, music project that I'm really interested in. Um, she's put out a couple songs as Airwaves. Have you listened to any of these songs? I don't think so. Um, it's a Brooklyn-based project from Nicole Schneet. She has a, a couple singles out, and the newest one is called Blue Fire, it's about the anxieties and calms of dreams she was having following the election. Weird. We're talking about the election again. Oh, also, dude, speaking of dreams, I told you I had a fucked up scary dream oh, the yeah. other night. I had a weird one last night where I rode a dog to work <laughs> like it was a horse <laughs> and, and got lost because I didn't have my phone. That reminds me of uh, the dog you had as a very small. Yeah, Brooke. I used yeah. to ride her around like I'd, a horse. I did, too. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, I thought you would have been too uh, old at that point that. But she was a giant dog. Yeah, and I, yeah, I'm not that much older than you, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I was a tiny little, like one year old. So yeah, but she uh, it was a Great Dane. It yeah, was a huge dog mixed with a German Shepherd. So um, so what was I talking? Oh yeah, um, <laughs> airwaves. So following the election, um, Nicole was with uh, her partner at the time. And they were they were having dreams about protecting each other because they were feeling vulnerable. Um, and um, you know, she uh, her partner had a dream where she was protecting Nicole from getting punched by some instigator, mm-hmm. and Nicole had a dream where she was protecting her partner from like getting things stolen from her. Mm-hmm. And so, like, 
just these fears of physical violence and like you know things being taken away from them was manifesting themselves uh in these dreams and at the same time she was reading a a book of poetry by adrian rich and there was a line about fire and how sometimes the flames grow and sometimes they shrink and turn to blue and the song Mm. is called blue fire and she equates this post-presidential election anxiety to a flame that grows and recedes and as she's pleading for herself for others to try and remain calm to embrace this kind of receded fire Mm -hmm. uh, even though it will flame up and yeah at times um and the uh, the name of the album this is taken from is warrior and um she chose this because she feels like many queer women she's a warrior by necessity just fighting for basic decency mm-hmm. <laughs> just uh just the basic decency from different people is is what she is just being a warrior for and um did you look at the album cover at all Oh yeah, it's like a gas mask. Very cool cover. Yeah, interesting. Um, so the the cover is this androgynous, ominous kind of figure with a gas mask and has a daisy on the shoulder. Um, and the that image was actually a um a photo that her father took at um in nineteen seventy, and then she had uh an artist friend hand paint that into a painting and that is the um the album cover so it's pretty cool that is cool it has a very 70s look to it yeah it's a i i like the the cover a lot that's actually what got me drawn in at first and the strength of the singles have have gotten um exponentially better i feel like and uh i really enjoy this song and this is the album closer and it's a great episode closer as well so we're gonna go out on airwaves with blue fire from warrior which is out april 6th on western vinyl but first we're going to talk about the music we're excited for coming out this week in shouts um i don't have any that i'm like crazy shouting for you know good you better not take the one that i'm the most excited for just tell me what it is (laughs) The old tango. You better not. Oh no, I'm not touch gonna it. take that. Um, I know you're not even interested in this at all. The Decemberists. I'll be your girl. I'm sticking with them. I've stuck with them when they did their country phase, and I'm sure there'll be something of value on there. Um, if I'm really feeling emotionally, uh, steady, I'm gonna maybe try out Mount Erie now only. Oh. Um. And then I don't think I can do it. I I tried the other one. It's it's brutal, but I love brutal music, so I'm like mm-hmm. I really want to try it. Um, and then I believe it's pronounced Prime, but it's spelled like P Rhyme mm. rapper. Yep. Uh, Prime Two is coming out, and I I believe I checked out the last one from him, so check that out. It's uh well that that was on my list as well. It's not just a him. It is oh is it DJ Premier and Royce the five. Oh, nine. that's who it is. I yeah. didn't realize. And the prime, the first one is awesome. And I've heard some some songs from this. It's gonna be. It's gonna so that's be good. A, Royce to five nine's a Detroiter too. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. You wanna know what I have? What do you have? Um, I mean, my favorite band in the world is releasing a album, Yola Tango. 
there's a riot going on. Which do you know what that title? I believe they're nodding to. It's a Sly and the Family Stone album. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's, you know, embracing the times we live in yeah. as well. So which makes sense. Um, but they're they're just the best. So I'm very, very excited to hear that. And also uh Bishop Nuru with Elevators Acts mm. One and Two. We played him on here. It's an album uh produced entirely by MF Doom and uh K Tronata. So that's gonna be be pretty awesome. Tight. All right, well, that's going to do it for us. As always, head over to GuttaBlasterMagazine.com and check out our great site over there. You can uh, subscribe to us, and if you like our show, write us a review on iTunes. If you don't like it, keep keep that shit to yourself, okay? And uh, you can find us on all your social media platforms at Best Song Ever. If you got someone that you think would dig our music tastes or style of comedy, let them know. Say, hey, check this out. Uh, we would really appreciate that, and we appreciate you listening. And we also appreciate the band Congress for letting us use their song Pond Fight from their album Ugly Eye. For Ghetto Blaster Magazine, I'm Luke LeBen saying, mm, you better check your perspective. And I'm Sean Connery reminding you, don't let the bastards grind you down. <laughs> this is the best song ever. <laughs> <laughs>